0: And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partners and our returning Jeremy Broen.
1: Hey, I had to take a vacation. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. It was a great vacation, but I did miss you guys. I'm glad to be back.
0: We miss you too, and I really need that vacation now too. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and Shane Manila.
2: Hey, it's still me. There's yeah. nothing going on here.
0: So the cool thing is, you know, look, look, uh, I made the joke about I needed a vacation, but yeah, that's never going to happen. But, you know, Jeremy, it's so awesome that you were able to get away and have a great time. But you came back and you came back to us with some awesome things, correct? Something that we've been waiting for. We've been teasing and a lot of stuff.
1: I did. Now, last week, I did miss you guys, but I swear I was probably smoking a cigar and drinking a rum runner while you were recording the show. And I didn't even realize that I missed the show until I looked at the clock. I'm like, oh, it's 11 p.m. I'm like, oh, shit, I missed the show because I was on vacation. I mean, I was scheduled to miss, but That's I, I, funny. Did, I did literally miss not being on the show when I got back and thought about it. Um, but the news that we have is that. The HQ, we at Dynasty Trades HQ have a new logo to replace our old. logo. We're rebranding. We have this great new logo for Dynasty Trades. We love it. It fits what we are about. Um, We've been looking at doing this for for quite a while. Our patrons know this. Um, People who listen to the show might be aware too. We can't wait to release it. Actually, as soon as we're done recording tonight, we may update everything. But certainly, everyone's going to see that very soon.
0: Um, What's funny is- We're going to
1: update the store too.
0: What's funny is the way you just said that. Actually, you're right. People will see it before they hear the show because we did talk about it that we were gonna we were gonna update everything tonight. Shane is like Shane wanted to update at the moment Jeremy told him about it. You know, yeah. so well,
1: you saw it right? it's that great. It and is the guy who made it for us. Is his name is Dan. Uh huh. He's at. You can find him on Twitter at dan made graphics um he's a, a great guy great ideas um he's relatively new to twitter but at dan made graphics and uh you know check him out very glad you know very happy that he did this for us he's excited to announce it himself he made this for us. Um, he's excited that we liked it, and uh, he can't wait to announce to everyone that he made this for us.
0: You know, Jeremy, one thing that we've talked about over time, you know, about some of the, the, the things about our logo we wanted to change, and um, when we first decided, okay, we're rebranding, we're doing it, we had a couple ideas. But just before we finish up here, go ahead and tell them, you even explained it to, Jer- to Shane and I about the subtle differences of our new logo
1: yeah well i mean i think people know our show you know we're approachable guys we like to have a good time you know not overly serious though we, we love our work and, and the, i think our previous logo really just we we all agreed it really just didn't fit the mo of our show um it was a little too serious and so dan came up with something knowing this full fully knowing you know what we what we wanted to do more lighthearted, um more fun more approachable and so he added a football to the logo. So, of course, this Dynasty Trades HQ, but in the HQ, um, it forms a football. And it also honestly looks like a smiley face, like, <laughs> hey, you know, send us your trade offers. We might we might actually accept them. I don't know. but It's it's more of a happy looking logo and it's really professional. I dig it.
0: It looks awesome.
1: Uh, quick, though, Jeremy, I got to correct you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I
0: knew this was I was going to say. <laughs> You're so full of it. You're approachable. Your girl? Hey, what's up,
2: girl?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny, too. When you sent it over, that was the first thing I saw. I saw the smile before I saw that it was a football. So I think that's really awesome. So I hope you guys are going to love it. We are, like Jeremy said, we're going to be updating our store. We're going to be updating so much stuff. And uh, we do still have some classic... <laughs> Is that what it's gonna call? A Ret- retro? retro we we do have some retro stuff left over. But yeah, we uh... got retro great gear. That's how long we've been around, son.
2: <laughs> we got retro gear
0: And so we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff maybe like Shane would like to. Maybe we'll do some stuff with charity to get rid of some of our retro stuff and uh, we'll go forward with our new stuff. So that's really awesome. Uh, check out uh, your, I'm sorry, you said his name is uh, Dan Made Graphics. Is that his name on yep. Twitter?
1: Dan, at Dan Made Graphics. Check him out. Does great work and I'd love to hear from you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Dan. We really appreciate it. We really love the new logo and everything. So what we're going to do, we were so excited. to do
2: tattoos. You know what'd be so
0: run. cool? Yeah, it, I'm going
2: to get a tattoo, so I, I no, band, no no band, no. If, no I'm going to just actually DM you because that's probably a better way to handle this. Never no, mind.
0: No, wait, wait, wait! Before you get a tattoo, we have to do it together. We have to be together, whether it's in Vegas or Ohio or wherever the hell we're together. You can't do it without us. I'm
2: going next this Friday for <laughs> <getting this> consultation. <laughs> okay, now, wait. I, real quick before we we. I don't even know what part of the show we're on. We're getting
0: ready rid- to introduce Joe, but go ahead.
2: Uh, re- really quick, people talk about uh, midlife crises like they're bad. <laughs> I-, I gotta be honest, Yeah. I think it's awesome. I'm mean, having a great time. time?
3: Dude, this is
2: awesome. Oh my god! I don't know why people look down on midlife. Crises, oh my god! No, no. I'm no. like, I'm getting tattoos. I'm doing some things that I ain't done since you know my twenties. Okay. I'm Vigorous, like uh, George Costanza's pop. Frank Costanza. Frank Frank Costanza. I feel vigorous. I did a push-up.
0: Oh my god! All right. So then, if you are gonna do it without us, then Jeremy and I'll do it together. Then, but we would love to see it. It'll be really cool. But yeah, like we said, we had a lot of stuff, but we're just pushing it all aside because we're very happy about this, and we're happy about the return of Joe Pizzapia tonight. So why don't we get Joe in here and let's get on with the show. So we're really excited because we have a returning guest this week. Um, A couple weeks ago, he was on our show and we were having some technical problems. So we have him back tonight and things look like they'll be better tonight. He's a number one selling author with his new book, The Fantasy Black Book. 2020, which is available now on Amazon. You can also find him on television, on podcasts. He has a wrestling podcast in this ring. And you can find him on Twitter at Joe, P-I-S-A-P-I-A, 17. And uh, it's Joe Pisapia. Joe, thank you for coming back tonight.
3: It's a pleasure to be back, boys. Always happy to talk football with folks. So uh, thanks for having me on the program. And yes, things are going in a much better direction tonight in terms of sound and uh, the internet helping us out. So that is that is good news for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you know, last time you were here, your book actually just came out on Amazon, correct?
3: Yeah, pretty much. It was actually I think it was the week where we uh, had the debut over at number one in football books, which is great. And uh, hopefully, we'll get the. To number one in football overall probably sometime in july and august that seems to be our trend usually as uh, draft season heats up but uh it's been a really good start for the black book and um, you know people again you know find it for the first time and a lot of people keep coming back and we try to be that one book for all of your leagues for all your formats if you're playing NFBC, if you're playing best ball if you're playing super flex if you're playing your regular casual league we're trying to give you real strategy we're giving you relative position value we're giving you something that no one else is, which is quantified rankings, where you understand how to use this information as a strategy as opposed to just someone spouting off opinions. We've got a lot of good opinions and a lot of good facts and a lot of good information there, too, but that's not enough. You need to have more than that, and the Black Book gives you that. I, as I said today on Twitter, it's like the Highlander. It's one book to rule them all, except <laughs> it makes a lot more sense than the Highlander does, yeah. the Highlander is just bananas, man.
2: <laughs> so the 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 unspoken... Um, words from Joe right there was he basically wants to murder all the other fantasy football (laughs) analysts so watch yourselves Um, I don't write I don't know about you know
3: about this Shane but I could Uh, um, I I know I know you know what I used to do for a living right
2: well, yeah. which one? I mean, you've had a lot of
3: roles. <laughs> you I mean, have had a lot of jobs. You have an interesting the ones that we resume. know of. Yeah, right. I, am yeah. A, I am a trained weapons expert, so I, know. I mean, so, in all fairness, so if I want to, I could. Like right now, even just you and me sitting here, same. I Uh-oh. can reach yeah. through the internet now. There's a reason I didn't write a book. <laughs> um,
2: and I was like, no, I'm not
3: risking it. Hell
2: um,
0: no. I, I think this is the first time yeah. we've had a guest that's actually threatened one of our lives here. You know.
3: Shane likes that. I feel like yeah.
0: that's Shane's thing. Like, I, feel like, that. yeah. I feel
3: like that's how you get Shane's respect. He's like, okay, I, I can deal with you.
0: But, you insulted
1: <laughs> me. I respect you now. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. and, why would that have taken 131 episodes? That's a, more disconcerting. And, it took uh, me too. Uh, yeah, but it took Joe. Like, Joe was like, <laughs> the, that's what it should have taken. Like that's, that's the normal, you know what I mean? The very first guest we had should have been like, oh, okay, I don't know what to do about this. But the second one should have heard you know what our what our first guest went through and then immediately threatened me to start the show (laughs) you know whatever anyway i don't i don't want to get too off course because we did that last time with joe here um the thunder gods decided that he couldn't be on the show anymore so why don't we just get into the black
1: book yes really want to talk about relative position value because um i don't think we gave you a chance to really explain it well with respect to football last time that we did touch on it so i want you to tell the listeners um why why they should be looking at relative position value and some of the quantifiable things that you bring to the table um in their fantasy leagues and how it's something that they can use you know all the time as a strategy throughout the year in a dynasty league not just for redraft leagues
3: oh it's 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 and that's what's nice about it's it's adaptable and more importantly applicable for everything um and there's not a lot of things like that out there a lot of tools like that you know and i think what happens is there's there's this world like everybody's got their rankings and come see my rankings and my top 25 and my top 100 my top five lists of my top five and like it's just it's not helpful like it's great it's it's interesting debate fodder and then there's people who do tiers and stuff like that but that's not enough so what rpv does is it hyper focuses all this so running back is in a position rb1 is so let's say if it's a 12 team league then you're going to have the top 12 running backs and what i do is i compare them to each other and i do this using projections but not only projections i use previous season stats when i have them three-year averages as well and it, it all compiles into each player and then it creates a number and then what happens is you take those top 12 guys let's say at rb1 and then you compare them to each other and what you end up with is a fantasy league average what's the average fantasy league rb1 producing at what kind of rate and then you have people who are above and below that so you have the top tier like cmc uh, just for perspective last year in rpv cmc was a plus 61 percent better than the average rb1 last year wow. that is a, that is the biggest number i've ever seen in 10 plus years of doing this <laughs> and it's partially because saquon barkley got hurt so what happens is like when there's a bigger divide between one and everybody else and just for perspective number two in ppr was aaron jones and he was at plus nine so the drop was 61 to yeah. nine that is absurd and that's why cmc was so much better than so many you know if you owned him and you didn't at least make a playoffs and i don't know what's wrong with something's wrong with you like something happened there like you got yeah. drunk and you yeah. forgot to, you know, to set your lineups every week but even then
0: you probably should have yeah. so you think if barkley didn't get hurt then the the number wouldn't well, have been what as... happens
3: is when you have really good performances from guys like barkley and and, and elliot and a bunch of collective other guys in that top tier it it what happens is it, it it basically condenses a little bit so you don't have nearly as much of a divide but the point i'm making is that that also it shows you not only how much better a player is than the fantasy league average it shows you then incrementally where the drop-offs are hmm. it shows you how much better it quantifies the tiers so it's you know okay the rb1 tier in a ppr like this year it's like christian mccaffrey's a plus 25 and Barkley somewhere around a plus 14 and then elliott's a plus 11 and then you get somewhere down into like number six and you're getting about the fantasy league average but then it starts to go below that and what fantasy sports is and it doesn't matter if it's baseball it's football nba it doesn't matter it's about me out producing you from as many roster spots as i can as often as i can as consistently as i can and if i can do that i'm going to have success i'm going to win get in the playoffs i'm going to you know possibly have a shot at a championship every year and that's the beautiful part of this and it focuses in the dfs too because it compares the same kind of values along then you add in prices and how much you're paying for them and um then what it also starts to do is it shows you the vast drop off too of how low a position can go in rb1 eh, versus rb2 and you'll see as you start to get to wide receiver two and wide receiver three there's less separation which tells you what there's no reason to reach because you're not gaining an advantage see everybody makes the mistake also of trying to uh they're, they're trying to fill their roster out instead of trying to build roster core strength that's what we're very much about learning how to build core strength in your roster in different ways and different formats using rpv which is really simple it's just a percentage like i am i the, the all the deep metrics in sports and fantasy are awesome but you know what some of them make my head hurt and i'll be honest with you. and i'm like a top fantasy analyst quote unquote right and even me you know what, like it's too much, I can't apply it. I want something simple I can look at and say, okay, this is this is the guideline. And what RPV then does is it shows you not only how much better a player is, but also where the negatives are. Don't overpay for the negatives. If you're paying for the negatives, like in an auction draft, or even in a snake draft for that matter, it's gonna set mm-hmm. your whole roster behind because you're not moving the needle. Find the guys that are gonna move the needle in those roster spots. And when you do that, a smart owner who's well-read, who is who's researched, they'll be able to find guys later on who are going to hopefully outperform their ADP and then hopefully fill in some of those gaps and maybe they won't be negatives after all. But that's the biggest mistake people make. And RPV is like, you know, it's that tool that really, well, if it's a 10 team league, well, then it changes. If it's 12, it's a 14. It doesn't matter. If it's dynasty, you take into heavier projections from a couple of years from now and what you think a player is going to be. So that's what makes it so much different and so unique.
2: So Joe, just you a know. couple things, cause you, you did get into a lot of stuff there. Um, so I just want to unpack some of it. Sure. I, I absolutely love the, basically you're comparing RV ones to RB ones.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, I guess it's a simplistic view, but I'm a simplistic person. You too, so, in, you know, when you look at your, when you this used to good. play in a normal, of league, <laughs> <I'm just kidding.
1: laughs>
2: you know, when you, when people that play in a normal amount of leagues, um, so we'll say less than 50, um, you would look at your matchups weekly and kind of at least i would i'd go all right my my qb one's going to outscore his qb1 by 10 points my qb2 going to outscore his right. qb2 by 12 and, so and so on 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 until i win by a whole lot obviously um so i think that you know even though the, the concept is it actually is very in-depth it's also it kind of what i like about it is it, it takes something that should be intuitive and simplistic but shows you how exactly. to get you, there, I guess. You totally where I... it's no.
3: Well a lot happen when people read it for the first time, they go, Oh, I think I'm doing this already, basically, but I but you're putting it in black and white. So the better fantasy players are doing this intuitively, but they might not be doing it as well or as able to go and jump from format to format using it. And and that's that's where it helps, you know, where the black book comes in. But you're absolutely right. I think intuitively the better fantasy players do this. But what I do is I basically you know I lay it out there and I do the work for you and I you know I'm sure everybody loves that too I'm going to work for your team that's my point
2: so when someone's like I don't care about your football team don't tweet it at me um so I'm they're the opposite usually guy. yeah I'm, so I'm the guy
3: that I care more about your fantasy team than I do about mine because if your fantasy team keeps winning then I get to still you know be in business and that's the thing. Yeah, that that's a I, responsible approach. That's great. Well, but I don't, really look, and look I'm not, I don't have a million followers like some other, you know, people who work at the, as I like to call them, the big box fantasy places, right? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, but <laughs> but at the same time, I, I feel like the following is very strong and the people who are using this system, you know, it's, they're having great success because we are not in a big box. So the fact that, you know, we're an independent publication for the last decade and we're able to hit the, the sales numbers we do, it's because it works. If it didn't, nobody would buy it. And I think that's like the best thing. It's not just because we're attached to CBS or ESPN or something like that. Like we are our own thing and have been, and it's so hard to find something different because everybody on every host site that you're playing is like handed this, all this information. It's like shoved down their throats and all this analytics and all these other things. So the <laughs> average fantasy football player is just way better just because the, the platforms are just informing them more. So how do you separate from that? Well, you separate by using to like relative position value and i think that i hate when you know one of the worst things is is guys who are like fantasy analysts who you know care more about whether they're right or wrong or their egos on a certain guy like i'm uh, you know i'm wrong about stuff sometimes if i if i was wrong a lot i wouldn't be in business right like i got no problem saying i'm wrong if i finish last in the league that's fine but if i finish first i'm gonna i'm gonna hold that belt up for sure like i'm gonna take a picture on twitter and
1: mine's on its (laughs) way i like that you're
2: yeah, I like that your RPV
1: me. is a tool for people. Yeah, people. It, you said that last show too, and I, I thought you were done. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but the I'll thing that. that's exciting about RPV, and you know, I got your book, and just just the fact that you give people they they maybe they don't go to any sites at all. You've given people a tool to use in a non-emotional way to yeah. you know basically break things down and become better at fantasy football if that's all they use to say they just dove into dynasty leagues today and they decided they were going to only use rpv and some of the things that you teach in the way that you look at value and and draft and trade and do all the things based on that one tool but you've given it to them in a way that they can use it over and over and over again so you know even if ratings change and ADP changes and things change, they have something tangible that they can use as a, you know, in their tool belt, not just rely on someone else's ideas all the time or regurgitate stuff. I mean, they can use it to their advantage as a, mm-hmm. you know, as a weapon for them to, to con- compete. And that's why I think it's uh, such a great tool for people, the, the, the ability to use it themselves.
3: Uh, I love that you mentioned taking out the emotional part because that's like the hardest part for some people you know, you're a huge Steelers fan or you're a huge Giants fan or whatever it is. And sometimes positively or negatively that, that could influence your, you know, some people don't like to have guys in their own team. Like it takes a lot of the name brand recognition. It boils guys down to a percentage, a very simple percentage, <laughs> and you know, and it's either positive or negative and you know, like how that is. And, and all of a sudden when you see that it does take a lot of the questions and out of it. And it does simplify things and to a point where again you can apply it see i like things that are simple and useful you know like it's funny baseball like you know for years people were trying to figure out what's a good metric to judge how good of a player is and then somebody put together ops which is on base percentage plus slugging percentage well that's just simple uh-huh. damn addition isn't it that is like the easiest <laughs> yeah. in, all Right? That's oh it's, it's freaking addition and you know what we all look at it we go oh this guy had a 948 ops he's a really good player no crap like simple's good like why why does everyone have to everyone's like at this like contests of trying to you know show off how big their uh their saber metrics are and, you know, yeah. like honestly just give me something i can use and something that makes sense and something that i can apply and when you do that i think people are Agreed. very i think people are very uh thankful and, and grateful for it because they can look at it and go yes i feel empowered to now go out and draft to go out and evaluate a trade that i get and I like to give people something they can use all year. Like it's more than a draft guide, you know, the stuff you buy at the, uh, you know, at the grocery store or, or wherever you buy the the rack magazines, there's a lot of great people who work on those, but like our stuff, if you buy the cheat sheets one time for five bucks, I update them every few weeks and then you get the new one sent to you. So that as things happen, as injuries happen, like, like the Dalvin cook holdout, we'll see how long that happens, but you'll have updated RPV before we get into draft season. And then as we get into August, I do it pretty frequently. So that way, (laughs) You know, every weekend you're kind of armed with the the latest version of it.
0: That's great. So that I, was that was actually the question I was going to ask you, but before Jeremy and Shane asked that, I was going to ask about how often do you update it when people, because there is change that happens during the season, you know?
3: There is, there is. I don't like to overreact to preseason and we're going to have less of it this year. And with everything else going on, there's going to be a lot of overreactions and, and a lot of issues and things like that. So I'm going to try to not hyper react, (laughs) but um, there is less to go on. There's less visuals, which is a positive and a negative in some ways, depending on the player. Uh, but I think we have a pretty good gauge this year of what the player pool looks like. And that's the other thing, too, is like you see – I'll give you, for instance, like when you get a, a magazine or you read draft coverage, right? It's like here's the mock draft and all 20 rounds of – well, okay, great. So that's a mock draft. <laughs> like, outdated post, post,
1: post, 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 the next day. Like, yeah. It's,
3: it's outdated the next day. So what I do, is, Nate Hamilton and I, we do the chapters for, um, for uh, draft strategy. So there's a whole Superflex chapter, a whole Standard League chapter, a whole PPR, et cetera, et cetera. And all we do is the first four rounds and we talk about, this is what you should be targeting in the early rounds. And this is why from this draft slot, these are the kind of guys you're looking at and trying to get people to understand. It's not always so much the names as the style of what you're trying to do. And more importantly in 2020, like this is what the pool looks like this year. This is how to approach it this year. And I think that, roster core building concept is really helpful to people and then the rest of the book will argue for rounds five six seven all the way to however many rounds you have and i think that is way more important and way more useful than just posting some you know 15 round mock draft of something that it's like great okay well there's a bunch of rosters but i haven't learned anything like, <laughs> right. i haven't learned anything
2: but no i, I love I, i've loved a lot of stuff but i love the point and bringing up the mock drafts because one a 15 round mock draft where you don't talk about the strategy of it why you did things how the draft fell doesn't matter because if you don't i mean a 15 round mock draft is all that's good for is adp um but it literally doesn't speak to team building or roster construction even a little bit, and you, you just don't want to agree with you there, I guess. So I don't really know what my point was.
3: I just like all the. Uh, it's it's this is fun. Like Shane's really happy. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He wants to. I feel like he wants to get mad about something or challenge. Him, he can't do it because it just makes too much sense.
2: No, no, I, I will. <laughs> I know because you're from Jersey, <laughs> so you're probably a stupid Yankees fan or something. I'm not so a definitely a
3: Mets fan, so that's all right. <laughs> oh, well, then
2: I, I just I feel pity for you. Then Never there you mind. go.
3: There you go. Right. And that's I'll take it. I'll take your pity. That's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for people that are listening, that you know, technically, when they buy the book. How is it that they get the updates that you're talking about? Is there something with the book that they register it with you or with the website or anything? Yeah, or how well, do they get those updates?
3: Uh, good question. What they in page three of the paperback, there's a there's a big piece of you know a big uh, picture of the cover inside, and it says you know how to get the cheat sheets. Basically, it's a one time five bucks. You you like basically subscribe to the cheat sheets, and then every couple of weeks, whenever there's an update, you're on the list, so you'll get them initially, and then you'll get them every you know, whenever I do an update. So if there's something that happens, I'll go up there and I'll do an update if I think it's worthy of it and I'll see. And, and you know what, sometimes things don't move all that much. This year in baseball season, they moved a ton in the off season. Like things were moving all the time um, and then some injuries happened and it changed more <clears throat> and everybody really likes it because then whatever draft they've got coming up that week, they have something that's really updated as opposed to something that's outdated. Uh, so it's really like it's you know it's a nominal thing i just do it because i'm literally the guy sending them to you like like last year we we did hundreds of uh cheat sheets for football and i'm the guy that like there's no team of people that process them it's just this guy right here and uh it's fun because you're like personally kind of connected then with some of your readers too and that's that's fun and um yeah so it's it's a really easy thing and a lot of people like that because then again they have the most up-to-date version of it as opposed to you know, like we see all the time, like I said before, a book that gets published in June you know, cannot be necessary and I do update the paperback too like if there is something that happens, I'll go and rewrite a player profile if I need to or things like that, so if somebody's buying it for the first time it's going to be in there so that's something that I try to do as well. And that's one of the nice things about working on Amazon.
0: That's cool because especially with the digital age and with the way everybody wants their information right away, I just wanted people to be aware that even though they buy the book, there's still this constant update from you.
3: And you know what? And I'm not trying to be Roto-World. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, like there's so many places that are going to be you know, good updates and things like that i'm just trying to you know be responsible for the person who's purchasing it in august you know who's got a draft in a week and i'm just trying my best to make sure that they're not armed with something that that's wrong you know (laughs) or or not as accurate as it could be i i I take personal responsibility for it and you know this is my thing like i used to do this book all by myself the baseball and football for about six or seven years and i would write 400 plus player profiles for baseball by myself and this was like a labor of love and this was something that you know i I, again it's and and you have to do it all within a couple months like it's a two-month process in order to get it out on time so it's it's a lot of work and eventually i was able to you know grow to the point where i could pay some other people to come in and help me out and take some pieces off my plate and grow the the attention for the book and it's all worked out and you know, everybody who works for me gets paid. Unlike a lot of things in the fantasy industry, uh, and that's uh, you know, I, and it's a God's honest truth, man. We yeah. all know it. But, <laughs> we know that's it. Yeah, yeah. keeping it real, you know, the program. you should know that. Like, if you're buying a black book, like it's it. We're you know, the, the, the folks who are contributing, they got paid to do, to do this work.
2: And not to be a shill, but I did buy one today. Um, uh-huh. and I'm going to read as much <laughs> as you know. <laughs> I
3: like it. I want to you know as- what. As- I want to come pictures? on another time. Get, there's no there are a few pictures They're mostly advertisements.
1: Okay. Uh, that's, um, that's not really favorite. in the Kindle version. Yeah. No, my Kindle
3: version. <laughs> I, I do want to I want to hear the Shane review after you read it because I, I think uh I think you're gonna enjoy it, my friend. I think you're gonna like it. I think it's something that's uh it's not like everything else, but I think if you are somebody who really gets what good fantasy football is supposed to be i think you're gonna look at it and go yep this is this is good <laughs> like this is something i want to have every year
2: i i remember one of the points that danced out of my head earlier um and i love analytics um and i won't lie i'm one of the guys that i love digging into that stuff but that doesn't mean that just because something is intuitive that everyone gets it or it makes it any less valid um because you know there's a ton of times where you dig into stuff and you're like wow that was literally right in front of my face and I should have realized it. Uh, and
3: analytics are are good as you're con- as you're creating um, your informed opinion about players or teams or what have you. And I think that 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 also is not a strategy. And and I right. think we need to separate these two ideas. See people think that information is a strategy. It's not. Strategy is a strategy. It's how you interpret that information into usage, into roster construction. And that I think is the big void in our industry that nobody talks enough about roster construction. And like I said, RB1 is a position, wide receiver two is a position. If you are in a league that has multiple flex spots, how do you do that? Are you If you're in a super flex, how does that change their philosophy and the approach going in? And we give you different ways to go. Like super flex is like, that's my thing. Like that's my jam, it's my favorite thing. uh i'm the reigning defending Superflex flex league champion this year and i'm <laughs> telling you like the the best thing about that is like i can show you if you want to go with the big time quarterbacks this is how you do it if you want to wait because of your draft slotting and where you are this is how you do it like it, it there isn't just like zero rb shut up like that's the dumbest thing ever that's a cop-out because you can't figure out a strategy to do it properly. Zero this, <laughs> yeah. zero that. Shut up. It's idiotic. It is. It's the lazy, and it's lazy fantasy, and I hate that. I hate laziness. Like, that's the one thing about me, like, and my kids know it too. Like, don't be lazy, all right? Because no one's going to outwork me, and 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 I'm telling you right now, there's somebody outworking you in your league. So don't mm-hmm. be lazy. Don't go with the zero whatever because that's a cop-out. That's That's called I have no strategy. That's called – there's a lot of this on the board, so I'm just going to take it for granted. No, there's ways to craft everything, and every year is different, and every format and every single league you're in is different, and like we are talking about. I'm sure you all play in lots of different things. I've got IDP. like you We have 150 IDP profiles, in the Nobody <laughs> that and I'm not exaggerating. That's the actual freaking number. We are nuts. Like <laughs> Our college stuff is done by Scott Bogman, who's one of the best college football guys out there. He's one of my co-hosts on the Fantasy Black Book. The dude just is a college football lunatic. He's so good. He does the rookie chapter. He also hosts Mm -hmm. the individual defensive podcast with Gary Davenport and like the two of them together are just, they're so knowledgeable and, you know, like I said, like you, you gotta challenge yourself with these different formats and so many people are playing different Formats in their leagues that you can't just give them something generic anymore.
0: I was laughing when you said IDP because I was going to say Shane's not going to read those pages in your book about IDP, <laughs> but no,
2: I, I will say this. Um, so uh, you know, I think most people that listen to the show know, under, know that I had um, a lot of back end work with the fantasy football website where I, you know, I had to yeah. pretend to care about IDP, yeah, um, and just to get good IDP content was um hard because when it's it's even it's a niche of a niche of a niche um and yeah i said it three different ways um it's a really niche market so if you can get 150 player profiles on idp players i'll tell you right now um, just knowing what goes into that from the back end yeah that that is damn impressive
0: (laughs) and that Um, that kind of goes into what i was going to ask you before when shane mentioned it you said when you were talking about the book how you did it by yourself for all these years and then you've been able to get some more people to join you i know last time you were on the show you mentioned that for this book you got a lot of people to contribute to it and i know he mentioned a couple names and then you just mentioned someone but it How many people, you had a lot of people with this one, didn't you? Yeah, I've
3: got like a staff now, it's awesome. Like uh, I've got Matt Franciscovich who used to write for NFL.com, who is now the head of uh, EA Sports content for Madden, uh, which is awesome. So we do a lot of fun tie-ins with Madden as the year goes on, like people who buy the book, we are doing Madden uh, 21 giveaways, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Adam Ronas, who I think is the best fantasy player pretty much on the planet or one of them for sure, yep. uh, and that's why beating felt so damn good this year.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, he
3: does the wide receiver profile. Elliot Christ, uh, formerly a uh, leader of yeah. TQE, great DFS mind. He's doing the running back profiles. Uh, Tim Heaney, who used to work for Rotowire and ESPN. He is our editor. Chris Meaney, who does the DFS podcast with me, one of the best DFS guys out there too. Uh, Mike Tagliere, who you all know from Fantasy Pros, yeah. contributor this year, Billy Wasowski, who's one of the best uh, high stakes players, did the NFBC chapter. See, that's the thing. Like, I'm not gonna like have some goon who doesn't <laughs> has never won anything in NFBC <laughs> tell you how to win NFBC. I'm gonna go to the guy who's won hundreds of thousands of dollars and say, "Hey, I want you to go and tell me 2020 how to approach this." And he was super excited that I asked him. And I said, "Awesome, you go write the chapter. Check is in the mail. Let's go do this." uh and that's a great chapter about high stakes leagues because a lot of people are starting to play them Uh, i've got nate hamilton Mm -hmm. in there obviously uh scott bogman Derek brown bobby sylvester is a contributor too from fantasy pros uh rand uh, mike randall who does the uh wagering podcast with me for line uh from the action network i had him do a, a wagering thing in there too like i said look we're we're full service man so anything you're doing with football this year like he did the gambling section of, the, of like best practices things you should look for all this stuff and Kate Magic too uh, she did all the tight end profiles this year so uh, she's our first female contributor too so I'm very proud of that and uh, it's uh it's a so, it's a who's who man it's a murderer's row and I'm very proud they're all like so excited to be a part of it and I'm very grateful to have them all and they all everyone's got like different assignments and stuff all the quarterback profiles are still me. All the RPV is still me. The draft strategy is still me. Like, there's still a lot of this book that it's me. But you know what? Realistically, I always think that, you know, the world is big enough for lots of good voices and giving other people a platform for their voice is important in this industry because we need to have more than just the big box ESPNs and the big box CBSs and et cetera, et cetera. Like, there needs to be some other voices out there. So this is an opportunity for me to kind of, continue that you know that process. Oh, and Chris McConnell from FSA too. I forgot Chris. He's part. That's that's real quick,
2: I, so, I want to get good. back to something real quick for the can trade
1: can... part of the show because we are a we are a trade show. Um, yep. and so I, this is something that's been chapping my ass since last week. I've been wanting to ask you <laughs> so I don't care what Shane's right now. I wanted to ask you since last week. And it's about drafting and trading and it's you know page I think sixteen or eighteen of your uh, latest twenty twenty guide. I'm as I'm ex, excited as hell to find out how you can recommend to us and our listeners how to use RPV, yeah. you know, in oh. our trading and and approaching our our continual, uh, as Shane likes to do, um, recreate his team in his own image, um, you know, every year and and trade and, and and improve his team. But just anyone, how can they use this to better their team in the in the way of trades? Because it's not just about drafting. Um, you know in a dynasty league and and you can use your tool for for trading and it fits perfectly with what we do
3: well a first note is i always prefer to get the best player in the deal now <clears throat> sometimes you're in a bad spot where you need to trade the best player in a deal in order to really fill out roster sponsors because you had so many injuries and the waiver wire sucks like that happens but generally speaking you know what rpv is going to tell you is Some of these bodies that you're acquiring don't really, as I said earlier, move the needle all that much. You're going to gain a couple percentage points here and there on a player in terms of their value. And look, during the season, things can change. And during the season, you know, things open up and uh, you know, there's injuries, there's, there's offenses that surprise us and stuff like that. But generally speaking, if you look at it, even if you take the current points of the players and you put them in and I give you the formula in the book, you could do it yourself but I know this is America, so when I do it all for everybody, they're just gonna pay for it and they'll be happy. But if you wanna do it and you have like a wacky scoring in your league or whatever it is, the formulas in the book, you go drop it in the spreadsheet, you take the top 12 wide receivers or or whatever section of wide receivers or tight ends, and you just compare them and you look at what they've done so far and you go, okay, well, I'm getting a player who's plus 18 and I'm only giving up a player who's a plus three and, and a minus four. Well, that's a no-brainer. Go get that big-time player because they're going to make differences for you on a weekly basis. And football is so hypersensitive because there's only a finite number of games and weeks for you to be good. And you don't have time for a whole lot of patience. And and I this is a very different thing than baseball. Baseball is a, a beast of a season, not this year, but normally it's a beast of a season. When you get into the football aspect, it's so important to really look at where player is now, look at what the schedule is going to be, understand that. So all that goes into the trade as well. But I think my biggest rule of thumb is I would always rather be getting the best player back in the deal because that's a guy that can win you a week. And in the NFL, that is the most important thing. How many guys on that roster, again, that core roster strength have the ability to win you a week. You can find guys to get you 10 points. There's only a couple guys who can get you 25
2: to 30. So that part of that is, um, you know and you're just saying it in a different way but you're saying it in your way but it's embracing variance no i'm just saying it's embracing variance it's like you know a lot of people are like well i can't i can't stand brandon cooks because one week and he's not really good at he's what people think are boom bust but um and he's really not but he's a guy that people go well i I don't like him because one week he's going to give me eight points and another week he's going to give me 40 and i don't know when to start him well you start him every goddamn week because that 40 point week is going to win you a week and that eight point week is probably not going to lose you a week um so i'm all on board with that joe one thing though um with the best player in the deal i know the more leagues you play in the more creative you end up getting. <laughs> so it's kind of like sex you know what i mean like when you first start doing it you're just like oh well no this right this here really is fine. fine this is all me <laughs> i'm not going to try any other position <sighs> there's, there's just this one spot is good but then you do it for a while and you're like, wait, I can have how many starters, and, you know, you move to 11 or 12 starters and just like sex for some people. you are like, well, I need to get more good people involved. than just one stunt." Okay, right?
0: Joe, this is where we start to turning it back to the show. <laughs> no,
1: I want to see where this goes. No, um, we, we, yeah, I we. <laughs> <laughs> well, not,
2: <laughs> so, oh, that was just my point. I was, was going to say, was that your point? In a completely inappropriate manner. No, no, no. <laughs> so, I just wanted to point out, Joe, that if you play in leagues where, you know, because we know, <laughs> we, we play in leagues where we start anywhere from 10 to 14 guys because we're, we're degenerate. It's crazy. So those leagues, just having... Capable bodies is is more important than having one stud monster. Although if I had my druthers, I'd have a bunch of stud monsters if I
3: could pull it off. Just like (laughs) here's here's the the but even in the deeper leagues, you know, the like I'll give you for instance, if you just I don't know if you saw or not. This past week was the FSGA draft, right? Mm -hmm. And it's if you look at that draft, like it is fraught with like Mike Clay's team is is a really good start. Like I like what Mike did. And I like what uh, Tom Kucinich uh, did. And the rest of it is a lot of people, I feel like, trying to say, look at me, look at me, instead of saying, I'm gonna try to win this league. And I think that is a great disservice to people. And I think in a deeper league, you'll see, you know, kind of what Shane's talking about, like people aren't being responsible enough for the bodies that they're taking. And that's something in the, you know, there's when the waiver wire is thinner, and there's less touches to go around you've got to be cognizant of that you got to make sure you're getting volume guys you got to be understanding you want guys who are going to touch the football you want receivers who are going to get targets like you know there's no time to get cute in a 14 or 15 team league i guess am sorry it's just it's not <laughs> so i don't understand you know where that's coming from and that was a uh, a glaringly, I thought, bad example this year of that. And it was just like, I mean, things, things that, like Julio Jones went in the second round of a 14 team league. How the hell does that happen? Like, what <laughs> you like? How do you let that happen? This guy has 13, 1400 yards every single year. I, I just, I, I, I can't fathom how that happened. It was just madness to it, me. Like, Clyde Edwards layer went before him. Like, how did do, don't, I don't get that?
0: Is that the league that they're talking about on Sirius all day today? They were going over probably, the draft.
3: Probably.
2: I'll tell you what serious back in the day, um, you know, Joe was talking about Adam, um, Adam Ronas and Jesus uh, I'm old. old. and Corey Parsons that that was my drive to work Everybody's every here. day. And it was like, you know, the first time I put it on, I'm like, who the hell wants to listen to fantasy football stuff on the drive to work? This is ridiculous. And then I quickly was like, oh, I do. Oh, that's me. When are they coming back? Yeah, and then you know the three months out of the year they'd start talking about baseball. Not those guys, but you know the station. I'd be pissed off like, why? Why would we do this? Let's let's get the football.
3: Yeah, out. well, look, you know it's it's. it's it is.
0: Whoa, whoa, sorry, hold whoa, on. Whoa, what is that?
3: A, Jane hold Jane on. Shane has, has margaritas mixing for us. Oh my Jane, god. I'll take mine uh, with salt, <laughs> and uh, I'll take it frozen if you don't mind.
0: It is, fu- it is funny. <laughs> it's funny when I first got serious, I got it because of Howard Stern. And then when the Fantasy Football Channel came on, I found myself listening to. Well, partly because Artie Lang had left Howard Stern, but I found myself listening to the Fantasy Channel more than anything when I when
3: well, I had there's still it. Still some great shows like Bob and Mike, uh, uh, you know the diehards oh absolutely a fantastic show yes bob and i Hairst. used to follow them You know, this is the true story now i used to follow bob and mike on saturday nights this was back in like i don't know, 2012 i started there somewhere on there so saturday nights they used to be on and i would follow them from 10 to 1 and mike and bob would always have me on their show to cross talk to promote you know my show which happened to be baseball at the time but i you know became really close with those two guys and you know it's just they're just so good at what they do and they're just such class acts. And I'm so happy to see like now that their show's on NFL uh, channel there too. And that's just awesome. And it's, you know, like there's some really great people there still too, but the format's changed quite a bit over the last few years in terms of, let's just put it this way. There's a lot of people who pay to be on air instead of getting paid to be on air.
2: <laughs> Couple of things, my family came in. Um, well, no, so that's why the garage came up. No one was calling me. Um, secondly, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I was going to ask Joe for a job, but then he was listening to all the people that that, that that were in the book, and I don't have a shot. I have to kill, like, 13 of those people before he could even think about me.
3: There's, a, there's a um, I can't Joe, believe it. there's actually a list of people who want to work there. So, uh,
2: I know we were talking about strategy and team building, construction, all that stuff. Um, very important. But let's be all fun with it. What players? Are there any specific players you think we should be uh, looking at this year or our listeners should?
3: Uh, yeah, well of course, always. You know that's that's the whole thing. It's like you know you do all the RPV stuff, but that doesn't take you away from you know still going through and you know having your players. Like last year, Derrick Henry was one of my guys, quote unquote. Uh, you know I've I've been a uh, I've been a Kenyan Drake truther for many years here, and I'm finally right after all these years of getting kicked in the nuts year and year out. Uh, but uh, you know it, again I'm I am a quarterback guy, so if you're looking for some interesting qb2s and in Superflex. i think daniel jones is in a really unique position because he got a lot of great weapons the offensive line improved in the draft um i think that uh, matt Stafford, that pace he was on last year i don't think it's sustainable but if his back is healthy enough that's another qb2 that i think can really outperform and i think joe burrow is going to be a lot better than people realize so in and i'd be okay with him as my super flex quarterback too um, I'd love him as a three. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think I can roll, especially if I have somebody really good. Uh, one other thing, too, like when you're talking quarterbacks, too, Carson Wentz is the only QB1 last year who had a touchdown pass in every single game last year. Lamar didn't do that. Holmes didn't do that. Prescott didn't do that. Wilson didn't do that. Carson Wentz is the only guy that did that, and he's getting a bad rap right now because he ended the playoff game with a concussion, and now everyone's like, yeah. oh, he can't stay healthy. I'm like, it's football. Guys get concussed all the time. Let's stop because people were falling all over themselves a couple of years ago to have Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson. Both of them tore their ACLs like in successive weeks, basically. And then everybody just moved on to Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson. And let's not forget that, you know, Wentz still has not had any receivers. Any like he, I mean, finally he got a running back. I mean, if they could just give this guy some damn receivers, I think he would. He's like one of those sneaky guys as a QB1 this year that I think you really should pay attention to. Uh, I am on Miles Sanders. I was a buyer of him everywhere last year, but not a drafter of him because I thought he was being drafted too high. But I did buy him everywhere, which worked out pretty well. I was a big fan <laughs> of how that worked out. Uh, I do think Cam Akers is worth a good look. Uh, I think as an RB2, as a late RB2, you know, or if you want to couple him with another guy right after that, uh, I will be very much uh, in the Kareem Hunt business this year, uh, especially in PPR leagues. I just think that... I I think Kareem Hunt is a guy that, you know, when you go and you look, he came in week 10 and he started getting targets and he's got a, Stefanski a much better offensive mind there. Um, you know, Freddie Kitchens was not prepared to be a head coach in the NFL. And I could have told you that before he got the job, but Kareem Hunt, man, that's a guy that, and I love Nick Chubb. This is not a knock on Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt's going to touch the football a lot more. And I think in PPR leagues, you see the difference of what you're going to have to pay for both of them But at the end of the year, when you look at the PPR points between touchdowns and receptions and what Kareem Hunt's going to have, I don't know how much difference there's going to be. I don't think it's going to be worth paying the Nick Chubb premium. Uh, And the wide receivers, um, obviously I I like Kenny Galladay's value a lot this year. I think AJ Green is at an all-time low. I'd be looking at him. Uh, I'm frustrated by that Debo Samuel injury man, because I really was liking him Hmm. as a wide receiver three this year. Uh, So, Uh, I would pivot to like say Deontay Johnson, because I do think that that Steelers offense is going to have a lot of uh, yardage totals coming back to it. And if he could catch 60 balls and, and have 700 yards with that group of stiffs playing quarterback with duck Hodges and Mason frickin' Rudolph, then (laughs) Roethlisberger coming back is huge because it moves Juju back in the slot, which is a better spot for him. Deontay Johnson on the outside Again, the the Steelers just are a wide receiver factory for many years with with yeah, Burger. So those are some of the names that I'm going to have a lot of shares of this year.
2: So we just got Barrett on, I don't know, repeatedly. Yeah, you got know, great. Um, but yeah, he is a um, he's definitely a Deontay Johnson guy. Um, also, Carson Wentz. Um, um, I want to thank you for your service to the Carson Wentz um, <laughs> fandom. Um, If you would like to do a weekly Carson Wentz podcast, (laughs) I mean, I'm open. I mean, obviously, we couldn't do an hour. It's funny
3: because usually people from Philadelphia hate everything that they have. Like, they hate all of their own guys. So I know I lived there for years. I went to college there. I I get it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Joe, let me tell you something about Philadelphia sports fans. Not all of them. Not all All of them. them. Some of them are wildly intelligent and wildly. um, Oh, that's true. They know what they are talking about. There's a lot of them that don't know their asshole from their elbow. Um, And still think that Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz and that Brent Selleck is somehow better than Zach Ertz. So there's that.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, here's the thing. Uh, Like, you have to judge Carson Wentz by a couple things. In terms of consistency, it's there. In terms of what he's been able to do with so little, it's really impressive. And I think that uh, he's an impressive guy too. Like, you know, character is not a – you know, when it comes to quarterback, character does matter a little bit. Like, it's it's what you want to invest long term in. And that's why I like Dak Prescott last year so much, too. Like, Dak Prescott, I think, in the Black Book last year was like QB five, hmm. I think, overall in RPV. And he ended up obviously having a pretty good season. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's yeah. funny because, like, You know everything was there and it was all sitting there and a lot of people didn't want to buy in because they kept living in the past of when he was just managing the games but if you look at Dak Prescott and you look at what he was able to do if you go back the only bad games he had were during the suspension of Ezekiel Elliott when Elliott was on the field he was a very good quarterback and a young quarterback who was thrust into the role right away Living in the shadow of Tony Romo for some reason, you know, give him a guy a couple years to get his feet under him, and then you give him these weapons. Like you added Amari Cooper, and once that happened, and I'm not the biggest Amari Cooper fan, it was more the principle of adding a legitimate wide receiver. If Carson Wentz could get somebody legitimate like Amari Cooper on his team or Kenny Galladay on his team, you Hmm. would see a night and day version of him. You would see a version of Carson Wentz going for 3,800 yards. I'm telling (laughs) you, you know what's crazy?
2: So the the night and day version. So he would go from. A low-end QB1 to the QB1. <laughs> okay, let me QB not get, I'm get crazy. Because we can't Patrick go past Mahomes,
3: Mahomes and, and, and probably probably fantasy not go past Lamar unless Lamar got hurt, but You're he right. could be in that top five. And, you know, Definitely. Kyler Murray's another none of those guys, too. Like, if yes. he pops in the top five this year, it's not going to surprise me at all because why? You've given him DeAndre Hopkins, which opens up the field to a young quarterback. Hmm. When you give him a, a legitimate number one, all of a sudden, things change. It's just—it's a matter of fact. You just go look at the history of quarterbacks, and this is why I always keep the quarterback position profiles for me because it's my passion. Like I love superflex. I—I try to study the quarterback position quite a bit. Like it's my jam. So like, if you're looking <laughs> for superflex stuff, like you come to me. Like I'm the dude to talk about quarterbacks with. And and what people don't realize in the last five years, quarterback scoring has gone up collectively. Yeah. Because. The quarterbacks are scoring more touchdowns themselves you're seeing josh allen lamar jackson you're seeing a different brand of quarterback plus you're seeing bigger wider open offenses because of the rules in the nfl and how they've changed in terms of what you can do and what you can't and this is why i think superflex should be the new quote standard because why are we wasting in a 10 or 12 team league guys who are getting 200 something fantasy points on the waiver wire it's the dumbest thing ever like it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me whatsoever and yet yeah. people do it and it's just it's mind-numbing to me
0: you know, and you just mentioned uh, Josh Allen. When you say that you love the quarterbacks, where do you have Josh Allen in the tier of those quarterbacks? Because uh, he was actually... is right in the fantasy league average QB1. And the reason is because he's still
3: developing as a passer. Uh-huh. He does have some nice weapons, which is good. But what Josh Allen does is he runs the football and he runs the football into the end zone. And those are two things that until that changes, it's going to keep him there. Now, he could improve as a passer and and stay there possibly. Like it might not move if he starts to run less. So it's going to be a very interesting year. What happens to him just because they added digs doesn't mean they're going to throw the ball more. It just means that, that someone's catching it in different patterns. Like, that. Like, you know, like,
0: I
1: like how you different. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's running it thinking. into the end zone. He's not just running the football. He's not just sliding right. just short of the first down. Dude's <laughs> running the ball into the freaking end zone. Having those, those runs
3: inside the five, he's getting enough of those. Where it's it, you, when you control your own fantasy point destiny, that's a powerful thing. Look at a couple of years ago, how powerful it was when the Panthers went 15 and one and Cam Newton was MVP. That was incredible. You want to talk about RPV. That was a very high RPV year for Cam Newton when he finished there at the end of the season. It was, it's crazy how good he was compared. Why? Because he had all those rushing touchdowns and he was controlling his point totals.
0: You know, when you mentioned Debo and you talked about Deontay Johnson, I know Shane's made his little comment, but for us on our show here, Jeremy loves Deontay Johnson. He's been Mm -hmm. talking about him for a while. But, but when you said that with the, the Debo situation, who on that team do you think is somebody that for fantasy wise, they should be looking at? instead of on the 49ers on the 49ers cuz uh, you kind of went to the Steelers. 40-0. Well, I mean, you you have yeah, to well, I, I'm just saying I, for fantasy if there's somebody else other wide receiver it's there. It's really
3: tricky. It's really tricky, man. And you know, there's a I'm going to go through the litany for it, you, you know, because the year after Cam Newton and the and the Panthers lost the Super Bowl, he had a terrible season. Yeah. Uh the year after um you go back and the Falcons lost to the Patriots and that that heartbreaking loss, right? matt ryan had an all-time low 20 touchdowns that's the lowest total of his whole career um if you go back and you look at even the old 49ers when they lost the super bowl to the ravens everybody was super high on colin kaepernick and super high on that defense and super high on the young head coach john harbaugh and all went to crap after when you lose a super bowl especially in a a fashion where it's like a heartbreaking difficult one teams don't always come back from that here's another one how about the rams two years ago right yeah okay how were the rams last year not very good um it's the Super Bowl hangover is real. The only two guys who have avoided that in the last 10 years are Russell Wilson, who lost the Super Bowl and bounced back, were Russell Wilson, who had already won one, and Tom Brady, who had already won uh, a lot. <laughs> so, you can't, like, so and anybody wants to say, oh, it's just a wacky trend. Yeah, you know what? It's not. Okay. And basically, you can set your watch to it. And I'm concerned, and this is the first bit already that concerns me because Mostert's a guy that was on five different teams in three years. So, I don't understand how a great talent slips through five different organizations. I don't understand that. I think he's the subject of a guy that got hot at the right time. Offensive line played well and everything just clicked. And I think it's way more CJ Anderson than it is a guy who's going to all of a sudden lead you to fantasy glory. I'm just telling people, just be aware when a guy's on five different organizations, it's not often he becomes a superstar (laughs) all of a sudden on the fifth one.
0: 28-year-old um, running back, right? Yeah, he's not
3: that. Yeah, he's like 28. Like he's not that. Old, he's like he's 22. People are like, oh god, I can't. Even, I can't it, it
0: is crazy how high he's going in, the value I'm he's going you, for. I'm telling
3: you, man, the 49ers' offense generally. I'm staying away from them. Like Kittle's yeah. a good player. Uh, you know, I love Debo. If I can get a discount on Debo because the injury, great. Uh, FSGA draft, there was not a discount. Right. <laughs> and and blown that, away.
0: that's why I brought it up too, because they did say that on the radio today that there was not a discount on him. And that's why I was wondering, do you, do you think, I mean, even with him, if he doesn't get to play, obviously in the beginning, if he doesn't even get around till like week six or so, you don't think there's any other wide receivers or anything there? Uh
3: I, I wish I could say yes. I mean,
0: <laughs> no, that's what I'm asking. What do you know,
3: think? The good ones <laughs> of the world and those other guys that used to kind of float around there aren't there. And Ayuk is a rookie, and that's a lot to put on a rookie. So, you know, they're just going to run the football a ton. They're going to throw those short slants over the middle to somebody. But we'll we'll see what happens there. Like I said, the 49ers, just generally speaking, are a team from a fantasy perspective. I'm staying away from, and I'm not usually an early tight end guy this year. So I'm probably not going to have a lot of kittle either. You know, just oh because. wow.
0: Yeah, Jeremy well, loves Kittle, right? I
1: like to pay for it. I struck fantasy gold with that guy in rookie drafts in like the fourth round, then the third round, then the second round. Because as the months went on, people got kind of caught on, and and then you know drafted him in dynasty startups. And he is probably I I hit on him even more than I hit on Kelsey, um, and you know that because you've bet we've been along, we've been together this whole time. You know, as Kittle's career's taken off, yes. working together, and um, it's it's just amazing when when you do strike gold like that at times and we don't always do that but when you when you buy in on a player and you believe it and you and you and you draft them and you think they're good and they they pan out i mean it's it's amazing and you you never want to let that go because you wish that happened with every player you ever drafted <laughs> uh, it just yeah i was happen. a
3: big fan of Debo last year going into redraft leagues and you know, unfortunately got hurt and it was a bummer. But what happened was some teams wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be patient and they started dropping them and I started adding them everywhere. And just because I was, <laughs> you know, I was just waiting for this guy. I was like, Oh, good, somebody dropped deep, you know, because bye weeks happening, you know, you gotta put somebody out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you pay attention. And this is kind of generally speaking too, like this year with the rookies is gonna be tricky. Like some of them might not get off to good starts because they haven't had the same kind of OTAs, they haven't had the same kind of time to prepare as normal. And a lot of things are going to be wacky this year. So if it takes guys a longer time, there will be owners in your leagues that are impatient and take advantage of that either via trade or take advantage of that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the waiver wire, because like I said, last year, I bought a lot of uh, Devin Singletary and miles Sanders shares for like 50 cents on the dollar. and (laughs) It was a good half, my friends.
1: You know, there's one thing I wanted to ask you um, and it's, I mean, we've alluded to it a few times during the show, um, but and I think this comes from the fact that you have such a diverse background. I mean, one thing about you is you love sports. I think that comes through. People know that. It's obvious if people look into your past work or, you know, probably follow you for more than just football. You don't just stick to football, you're big <laughs> time in fantasy baseball, too. And, and the reason I'm bringing it up, because this is definitely not a baseball show. Um, okay. but, but a few times during the show, we alluded to it and you brought up some baseball references. And then there's this, you know, at the top of your chapter one in uh, the 2020 black book. And it's the format and style of your league dictates, dictates the value of a player more than the talent of that player. This is chapter one, RPV Um, that instantly, and and you've explained that very well, how you do that. But that when I first read that before we were on the show, but when I read it, you know, bought it and read it, it reminded me of old school five by five Roto and I don't play it anymore. Baseball the kind of thinking that you have to do, and I don't want to say it's outside the box, but you know, the critical thinking you have to do to compete with teams, and, and that was old school baseball, five by five Roto that I used to do. But when I read this, and then I started thinking about your background, and I was like, hey, it worked out pretty good for Paul D. Podesta, you know, Moneyball movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> I like where you're thinking, man. Why not put me in a front office? You know what, I'll tell you what,
0: man, it's
3: funny you say that because if I had known like when I was a kid, anybody who was a baseball general manager, or a football general manager, these were all like ex-players, you know, like they were all, you know, guys who were, if I had known that the Theo Epstein's and Paul DePodesta's and those kind of guys were going to be in front offices in sports when I was a kid, like I was younger, I would have taken a different path, <laughs> like I would, you know, because, because that was not available to you. Like, yeah. like, you know, all of a sudden, like I'm the same age as Theo Epstein one year. And I was like, what the hell did I miss? Like, how, when did this happen? And it was crazy. He was like 35 years old or something. he's like running the Red Sox. And I'm just thinking to myself, how did I, how did, how did this happen? Why, why didn't someone tell me that this was an option in my life? But <laughs> I think, I think you're absolutely You're hit on. And that is, deep down the philosophy we talked about it before right you're talking about taking out you know taking out the emotional taking out the player name even sometimes just looking at the player's value and understanding that like yeah i know aaron Rodgers is a hall of famer and yeah that's great but you know what he's barely a qb1 mm. he had hardly any 300 games last you. year he's not a guy that has a, a prolific offense around him he's got one wide receiver and let me tell you something devontae adams is great and as talented as he is I mean, the guy's missed time three of the last four years. Like, what are, Am I the only person that can look at a game log? No. It's like everybody hates Julio Jones, and all he does is play and say, oh, he's hurt all the time. Yeah, well, you know, he's on the damn field. <laughs> you know, Devontae Adams isn't all the time. And it's just staggering to me. Like nobody seems to care about these things. But that's the whole point. The whole point is it takes out the name, it takes out the history, and just says, what is this guy right now? Hmm. And can he help you? And and or is he going to be a hindrance? Is he going to be below the fantasy league average? Is he going to be a negative player for you some weeks? And that's something that is, at the end of the day, it's it's so priceless because that's hmm. going to be the separator. And it's just really hard nowadays to separate yourself from fantasy sports. It's just much harder. So you need something like this that will you know help you out in that fashion.
0: That's all. Awesome.
2: And just real quick, I I say just real quick all the. Time. Yeah, I you know do. Because don't think, it, <laughs> it really and is. nobody believes me anymore. I know. I think, like the first ten times like, I said it, it, people were hit. like,
0: yeah, "Yeah, we we all know, we all know, we all know." Go ahead, just, just say it. Side. Just say it.
2: You you just shut your pie hole over there. Hey, hey, all right, sicky, go lay down. Okay. Um, so <laughs> next time you talk to tags, can you just point out that Aaron Rodgers is dead? Oh, I do it all the time. you god. I know.
3: Oh, he and I fight all the time. Yeah, and he just—I I mean—I'm gonna be on their show, I think, next week, so I'll, I'll be sure to bring it up. And
2: that's awesome because yeah, exactly. I—I I feel bad for him. He's a great guy, you know what I mean? Awesome which hair, which funny
3: too because he's a, he's a freaking Bears fan, so you would think he would be yeah. the one wanting want to put the knife in the heart, yeah. but like no, but yeah, no, he's
2: still—he's still holding on to that dream. He is, and I'm like, dude, it's—it's—it's it's, it's gone. It's over. It's <laughs> well, like look, you got to move I'm, on. He, I'm he Mr. Gone.
3: Patriot, and I'm very aware of what Tom Brady is at the station's right. career. Oh yeah, you know, like I got—I got to call it what it is. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you: the last three years of watching Tom Brady play, you know, play quarterback, they run a ton off the play action. If if they don't have a run game to support Tom Brady in Tampa, I'm not sure how it's all going to work out. Hmm. Like he, Keyshawn Vaughn has to turn out to be a James White slash Dion Lewis slash Kevin Falk type guy, because that is very important to the Tom Brady style of playing quarterback, and it's very important to set up. Brady's ability to go down the field. He, he can still throw a deep ball it's not as good as some other guys, but he can still get the ball downfield. The problem is, you know, he is somebody that really works off play action and timing and things like that. And if you don't have a running game to support all that, it's going to get real dicey. And it's the one thing in Tampa that really worries me. And I, you know, I've got Tom Brady posters hanging up in my office here. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the freaking draft card. I've got a blown up version of the draft card pick one ninety nine. Oh my God. That's how much I love Tom Brady. But I've got to be realistic. Like, Tom Brady is the high-end QB2 in Superflex this year. That's what he is. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. If you want to take, you know, if you're going to take Drew Brees, I always tell everybody, like, look at the split stats because Drew Brees on the road is averaging last three years something like 217 yards a game uh, and and far fewer touchdowns. Okay, not even (laughs) close. In the Dome, it's like 290 or something. Like, it's so different. Wow. And what you should do is you draft Drew Brees and you draft another quarterback and for those road games you play the other quarterback i don't care who it is or when it is because they're gonna basically what you're doing is you're taking two guys and you're going to maximize that one qb spot that you have in that regular standard one qb league and you can yeah, do that
1: and play him at home and hope they exactly play that's exactly so, you know what that's exactly what, that's, you do,
2: man. That's what i was going to say that's what i loved about roethlisberger <laughs> and um drew Brees. It was just straight down the split like you just drafted both of them. You know, You're like, who's Jordan home this week? With
3: that.
1: That <laughs> was he did. a bad thing
3: for a couple of years and then yeah. it got better the last 2 years before the injury. But yeah. I would I would harp on him about that too, but even even a guy like Stafford, you'll get for nothing. you know there, there's going to be free quarterbacks out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Free. I'm telling you right now if you like you have to look at Drew Brees realistically. You have to look at Aaron Rodgers realistically. Yes, they're Hall of Famers. You know, Drew Brees is a top 5 all-time quarterback. Period. Aaron Rodgers is not but that's a that's a conversation <laughs> for another show that I'll be happy to have with everybody. He might not be the best Green Bay Packer quarterback ever. Oh, uh, I, I,
0: there we go. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. <for laughs> I I I've never been a fan know. of him. I I don't like him. Par- well, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> I
3: don't like him personally either. Me, I yeah, that's. Still evaluate. He's all time top ten quarterback. <laughs> but he's a douche. He is not Tom Brady. He is not Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> he is not Johnny Unitas. He is not Drew Brees. He is not Dan Marino. I can go on and on. Exactly. Stats to back it up, and we can get into Elway, and we can get into a lot of <laughs> other guys. And then maybe around 10, we can start talking about him. I'll tell you what. If Warren Moon had been allowed to play his entire <laughs> career in the NFL, Warren Moon's a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Sorry,
1: boys and girls. So young and Warren guys. Moon made the mistake of getting rid of the one girl and ended up with a uh, NASCAR driver.
0: Oh, no. Okay. That so was-
1: <laughs> Warren Moon dated a NASCAR
3: driver? The- no. No
1: god
0: stop oh my god okay That's so this that, that would be a great conversation for another show so hey joe thank you so much for joining us tonight we've we had a great time and we did not have any technical problems and it may be because you know you helped us with this uber, uber conference yeah <laughs> 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 which which maybe going forward we're going to start using uber conference but you know and
2: a, a little side benefit of this uber conference is we can order food
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I didn't I realize that. Comments. Oh, I didn't realize that. So maybe next time, but Joe, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thanks guys for having me on today. It was a fun hour talking football with y'all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, Joe Pisa, 17. Uh, the Fantasy Black Book 2020 is on Amazon for Kindle and paperback. It's also now on iTunes, too. So if you like to save trees, you can get it on the digital copy.
0: Oh, awesome. uh, and if
3: you hate trees, you get, like, 12 paperbacks. It's great. I promise you all the money goes to my kids buying Legos anyway. Uh, that's pretty much where all the money's going. Uh, and uh, you can also check me out over on Sports SportsGrid. Uh, I host uh, co-host Fantasy Sports today, uh, six days a week there, and I host Diamond Bets. On Sundays, which is a baseball show with Matt Stryker, former WWE superstar, and uh, usually in the fall, I'll be at the Meadowlands. Hopefully, again, every uh, yes. fingers crossed, every Sunday doing the NFL pregame over on uh, Sports Grid. So basically, it's a fantasy football pregame show, basically over there, which was super fun. We had some great guests and people over there on the show, and uh, of course, check out the Fantasy Black Book podcast too with Bogman and Welsh and myself, which is a really good time. Like we are, uh, we are very entertaining. Let's put it that way.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Joe. And we really appreciate you having on and we can't wait to bring you back. Thanks fellas. Thanks for having me. It was great fun. Uh, have a great night, Joe. Bye. No, you know, that was great to have Joe back. I, I know we had all those technical difficulties last time, but this time it worked out awesome. So it was really great to have him here. And, and I know we got to speak more some football stuff this time as opposed to last time, you know. Um, but uh, we have... A bunch of trades still that we didn't get a chance to do, and like Shane said, we'll do it later. So we'll do that now with the Patreon show. So before Sounds we wrap good. up, yeah, let, let's tell everybody. You know, check out our iTunes account at Dynasty Trades HQ. Check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Trades HQ. Uh, become a Patreon. Uh, you know, I know we spoke about that a couple times, and uh, and oh, wait, Shane, didn't you have a contest going about our reviews on iTunes?
2: yeah so I set a goal for 200 by the time this episode taped um we didn't get there Okay. Apparently, people hate charity. Um,
1: <laughs> so, um, I've
2: actually drafted up a bunch of letters to all the charities I've given over the last year asking okay. for my money back, which is incredibly <laughs> awkward for me. You asked for just, your money like, back? Yeah. Yeah. I said, look, um, I don't oh believe in it God. anymore. No, Please No, give me my money back.
0: no, no, no. That'll work, right? No.
2: It's like a savings account. I should ask for interest, right? <laughs> no, no. Don't do no, that. But you know what? Um, HSA. Look, man, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I you know me. Look, I'm a f- jerk off. I hate other humans. I hate everything. But giving a charity makes me feel good inside. Yes. So <laughs> I am gonna give seventy five dollars to a charity that uh, this week I'm gonna try to Friday. I'll figure out who <laughs> or where. Um, you know, I, I usually give to like St. Jude's or or Toys uh-huh. for Tots right. or. There's a lot I give to. I get all these mailings from different, um, the Jewish Foundation, uh, Diabetes. But if someone wants to point (laughs) me to a charity that they think is maybe underserved or not as well known, um, shoot that to me. And as long as I, you know, I'll check it out and make sure that most of the money actually goes to the charity and not overhead.
0: That's great. Um,
2: And if it's a cool one and it's one that's not, you know, as well known as the others, um, that's who I'm going to give it to. So either way, we didn't hit the goal. We almost got there but it'll make me feel better to give to charity. So I'm going to give 75 bucks to charity. When you hear this show, please just tweet one at me. Um, and then I go from that being all um, good human-ish to, hey, go give us money and join our patron account. <laughs> uh, just so you know, um, we've got some cool little changes. Um, yes. And that's part of what the patron money goes to. Um, so even you free f- are going to get the... Uh, the benefits of it. but um, Yeah, it's awesome. I can't wait. You'll see.
0: Which is awesome. We spoke about it at the beginning of the show and uh, now that the show's wrapping up, Jeremy's going to be sending out some stuff to everybody so it'll be really awesome. We hope you guys like all the changes that we made and we've worked on it for a while. And you know, it, it is great. Even though we didn't hit the goal that you said, we did get a really, we got a lot of rating and reviews and we got some yeah. really good reviews and we really really appreciate what you guys have to say and you know we don't want it just because we ask you to do it we love that you guys do it so yeah, um, thanks
1: for listening to this show and appreciating it i mean that's amazing
0: absolutely and i hope you guys are going to love the new logos and the the new presentation that we have and everything so um as of right now we're going to wrap everything up and we're going to go to the patreon show and we will talk to you guys next week
1: take care guys see you next time
0: say goodbye Shane.
1: Eh, whatever, I'll see you around.